Step right up, it's Nail to Halo by Halo, Journey Through the Music of Nine Inch Nails. I'm Blake. I'm Jessica. And welcome to The Fragile Right. Nice. That's the right side, the second half of our series, second half of the album. Second disc, if you're following along on CD, and if you're following along on vinyl, it's the second disc, side B. And if you're following along on cassette, I don't know where the fuck you are. Probably tape two. Probably. I have no idea. Side, tape two, side A. Never had this on cassette. So we're doing the first four songs off the right side. The way out is through. Into the void. Why are you laughing? <laughs> where is everybody? Question mark? Question mark, as in the mark, has been made. Nice. Hello. Sorry. Those are the songs we're talking about tonight. But first, it's time for Nine Inch News. So everything is in the news today. First up, the return of Meathead. Blake, thoughts? Um, well, isn't it typical these days when we won't let anything die when Sex in the City is back, Star Wars is back, um, all, the, all your favorite franchises are back, and everything is a prequel and a reboot? And we don't allow anything to die, especially this cat. Meathead has been rebooted, and he's apparently never listened to Nine Inch Nails music beyond, I don't know, the slip. And uh, so we're following along as he listens to uh, the dreaded hesitation marks and then all the EPs and ghosts. Or, no, he did he did ghosts long ago. But I guess he's going to have to do the new ghosts, five He'll and six. He'll do the new ghosts, yeah. Um, he's got his zoomies a little early. It's okay. We're waiting for Oscar to shut the actual fuck up. <laughs> I know people don't want to hear me get mad at the cat, but if you had to live with him, Here's if you the had thing, to live with him. Is like we were just eating dinner and watching TV and he was quiet. Silent all day. Sweet, dead silent. Curled up. We cute. We hit record on the podcasting machine. He goes ham. He does. In it's, an instant. This fucker is playing psychological warfare with us. <laughs> He's doing a psyop on us. He's just a cat. It's what cats do. But, no, but it's more than just being, it's not like he's being a dumb animal who is random and doesn't know what he's doing. Well, he, cats are very smart. He's messing with us. Yeah, he's smart. Uh, he just wants to podcast too. He clearly wants to podcast. But uh, if we put a mic in front of his face, he would walk away probably. Oscar, what are your thoughts on Meathead? <laughs> he's sniffing her Diet Coke. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Okay. So far, I I read the Hesitation Marks Meathead article. Mm -hmm. I don't think I got further than that. I do plan to read them, but that's all I've done so far. Have I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm not going to read them. Okay. Jessica wasn't a Meathead fan back in the day. Well, I was. It wasn't that. I just was not very online, so no, I didn't, didn't really read that much. Yeah, what I mean was you weren't really even aware of them, were you? Uh, vaguely. I just wasn't very online. I was hyper aware of them because I like checked the NIN hotline every day um, in, in like 2000, 2001. But I just want to point out that my job is basically staring at a screen and reading words on a screen and typing words on a screen all day. The last thing I want to do is read more words on a screen. I don't care what they are. If we, I do read on a screen, it's got to be tweet size, baby. It's hard enough to get me to sit down and read and do but research you won't for read this tweets article. Either. Well, it's because I don't like Twitter. Um, <laughs> Never have, guys. Never been a fan even before Elon. I don't Elon. know what she's talking about, folks. We both spend our entire day on a screen so i write and read i know i know you do all day that's I do too. all i do i mean 
You don't I, write and read no. all day. <laughs> but I do stare at a screen all day, various screens. I mean, we all do because we all have little phones in our pockets. We all have our little but fucking black say, mirrors in our pockets and we're all... I will say that was... I read parts of it. It was funny, but it was way too fucking long for me to read the whole damn thing. Sorry. Too long. It didn't, it didn't, didn't seem, finish. They aren't that long. It was long. You read, you read novels. That's this is paper. Novel. It's uh. different. <laughs> What if, if me had released and it on paper, would you read it? Maybe. And honestly, I don't even read books that much anymore. My goal this year was 75 books. That's I've, so many. I've only read 50. I don't think I've done seven, much less 75. So I used to read like a 100 to 150 every year. Jessica is a reader. I am a doofus. But anyway, you know Meathead, he's back uh, up to his old goofs and pranks and shenanigans, uh, goofing on Trent. Uh, saying all the albums suck. But yeah, Meathead's back doing his goofs. Check it out. Honestly, it's like a coin toss whether he is going to like or hate the new stuff. But I was pleasantly surprised that he wrote about the song Everything. He was like, this is the one everyone hates? Come on, this is not that big a deal. There was a way worse song earlier. Everything's great. Yeah, better Haters life, gonna better hate. Life. Better suited for a rock band. Um, yeah, haters gonna hate. You know, haters are our motivators. Let's talk about another hater. Yeah, let's talk about the king of haters. Let's move on to a Trent beef. We haven't had one in a while. No, Honestly, I feel like this beef is more one-sided because... It is really a one-sided beef because one person's not even on the platform. Exactly. So Trent Reznor left Twitter and... Someone was a big baby about it. And I hope that that someone listens to this podcast and tweets oh, about yeah. us. <laughs> I'm sure he, he does. Let me go through a timeline of this first. So okay. while promoting Bones and All, because he's on the, the movie just came out, yeah. Reznor and Ross composed the score. Reznor was being interviewed by The Hollywood Reporter, and he said, we don't need the arrogance of the billionaire class to feel like they can just come in and solve everything. Even without him involved, I just find that it has become such a toxic environment, which is true. It this is. is this is such a common sense thing to say, and I agree. But even before we even heard about Elon wanting to buy the thing, I knew it was toxic as hell. I knew it was brain poison. I Everyone feel like did. all social media is toxic in varying yeah. degrees of toxicity, though. Twitter's Twitter is way number up one. <laughs> there on the brain poison level. I say Twitter is up there and Facebook. They're tied. I'm going to say that some of the weirdo, like, far-right ones are worse, but not very many But not enough people use them. them. Yeah. So, anyway, Elon uh, replied to a tweet by everyone's favorite um, commentator, CatTurd2, <laughs> who is verified. CatTurd2 is Elon's <laughs> best friend? I don't know if they are a, a real famous person or if they just bought that blue check whenever you could. But they tweeted, 48 hours since Elon Musk reinstated President Trump's Twitter account and the world still hasn't ended. And Elon Musk replied, and it turns out that Trent Nine Inch Nails Reznor is actually a crybaby. It sounds That's, like someone was a little offended that someone left he's his a, platform. Elon's a fan, and mm -hmm. he's very... The subtext of that tweet is that he is more angry than any human has ever been, more sad and more mad than any person on this planet has ever been. It's it's leaking out of every word of that tweet. So someone named Vladimir Illich uh, replied to Elon and Cat Turd 2, 
and said, you are stupid idiot. Trent Reznor is one of the best musicians ever. And Elon Musk replied to this person who is not even verified, don't know who they are. And he said, I like his music, TBH, but maybe Etsy is more his style. What the fuck, dude? Etsy's not even a social network. This what is, is he talking thing. about? Elon doesn't even understand what he bought. <laughs> like, <laughs> he doesn't understand that Etsy's not a social media platform in the way that Twitter is. Um, uh, it's not really. It's not really shocking. He's just an old, out of touch dude who is uh, not as smart as everyone tried to convince you he was. Who bought a thing because he had the money and uh, wants it's to watch the world? It's sad because burn type all of, of his heroes are leaving. Well, at least one, maybe hero. I like his music, TBH. I love that he gave Trump the account back, and Trump doesn't, doesn't want use it. it. <laughs> that is the ultimate own to me. <sighs> That is the funniest shit. Um, but Reznor was already gone. And Re- and Reznor said he was leaving for his mental health. Yes. An extremely common sense, uh, healthy thing to do. And also, I don't feel like he's super online. He's probably a lurker like most he people. U- yeah, he lurks. He used to be online. And he used it didn't, to be a lot. It didn't work for him. And he left, which is what – that's the lesson we should all learn. If it's not working, just bounce. We don't have to be online every goddamn second. But – Elon Musk is not only the world's richest man, he's also the world's most online man. <laughs> and and also, it's really sad. I just want to say that he's probably the world's saddest man. He is. He's you the most what? divorced guy in the world. Money truly can't buy you happiness. Well, this is what I've said about him. He he has all that money. He could chill on a yacht. He could just go chill and do whatever the fuck he wanted. Dude. And I wouldn't be mad at him. But he spends all day on his goddamn phone. If I had that money, you bet your ass I'd just be chilling somewhere yeah, off the grid. Do whatever you want. At the White Lotus, just chilling. What he does is get mad at strangers online. I wouldn't even have a Twitter. I wouldn't no. need to. I'm rich. Have an island. Who cares? I mean, he can he buys all that stuff, but he never sees it because he's staring at his fucking phone. I'd be a hero because you know what? I would I would solve the homelessness crisis and the hunger crisis with all my money. Sure. And then I would just yachts. chill on an island somewhere. Anyway. Um, someone... Someone posted uh, the Simpsons meme where, oh, it was after Elon posted his bedside table, which mm, was unhinged, mm-hmm. staged, and very stupid, and um, and an alarming number of uh, caffeine-free Diet Coke cans on his bedside table. Man can't even table. handle caffeine. Someone posted the Simpsons meme of Milhouse's dad uh, <laughs> saying this, uh, what's on your bedside table? You know the scene where Homer says, I sleep in a big bed with my wife? Mm-hmm. It's um, Grimes' new girlfriend, and she says, I sleep in a big bed with your wife. <laughs> I didn't retell it very good, but it was very funny. That's pretty funny. Okay, so um, the last item in Nine Inch News is just bones and all. Movie came out. Score is out. Score is great. Movie was gross. Some Zoomers said it was sweet. Whatever. Zoomers. What's wrong, guys? The How movie, can we help you? Everything was well made, beautifully made, beautifully acted. Everything was good about the movie, but it was gross and it was hard for me to watch. I think I'm I'm done with the realistic violence stuff. That's just a personal choice. I don't like realistic gore. I never have. No. So it was very, very hard to watch in some scenes, but it was beautifully made and acted and scored. Yeah, definitely. Um, Music was very good. That director, though, in general, I find that his movies are always, for the most part, beautifully acted and made and scored, but I never want to watch them ever again after I see them. Yeah. For example, he ruined Suspiria. I'm sorry. 
It was three hours long. Why? Long. Why, God? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. But he's better but, with original stuff maybe than remakes. I, like, Call Me By Your Name is beautiful, but I will never watch it again. Too fucking sad. Uh, you should watch it, though. I think that is a great If movie. there's no gore, I might watch it. No gore. I know all you Zoomers love your gore. When you get older. older and when you start having your own health problems and when you have to live the reality of every day something in my body is going wrong. Whenever you have to live the reality of just constant body horror. Yeah. Like our age is in, in itself body horror. Like, Well, I just want to point out that being a woman is constant body yeah, horror. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. But I mean, I, yeah, my heart started having problems for no reason. I don't need like that kind of nightmare shit in in movies. I just want to chill. And if I if it's violence, I want it to be Friday the 13th type violence where it's completely removed from reality. I just want it to be cartoony. I just want someone yeah, like, you fine. know, chainsawing heads off with just Kill Bill style blood spurting right. everywhere where it's just so fake and over the top. That's fine. But if it's like like I I saw Clerks 3 that was a fucking abortion, by the way. Uh, Did it have gore in it? No, but it's all about people having heart attacks. Well, they're in there like... It's based on Kevin Smith's real life heart uh-huh. attack. And I'm just like, I'm sorry you had a heart attack, Kevin Smith, but I, I can't. This is too real for me. I'm getting up. I'm getting getting to that age where I have to start worrying about it, and I I can't. Ugh. I'm, I'm weak-stomached. I am very weak-stomached. I know. I know. I know. It's true. But... I'm anyway. I'm more tolerant than you, and I still had a heart. I still had to cover my eyes in some scenes, but yeah, I didn't want to look at the uh, cannibalism. It's not a spoiler. This movie is about cannibalism. It's that's not like in a symbolic way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very visceral. Anyway, we were going to talk about um, the Oscar Oscar bait uh, original song mm-hmm. by uh, Reznor and Ross, mm-hmm. where Trent actually sings, right? Mm-hmm. Which is very surreal, honestly, to be watching that movie and that final scene where that song is used. Yeah, and I can't even look at the screen; it's so disgusting. And his but then you have his the sweet voice comes this in. Very sweet, tender song playing at a very uh, visceral and grotesque. I know people are scene. gonna people are gonna think I'm a pussy. <laughs> Live one day in my body, <laughs> okay? And then call me a pussy. I'm I'm sorry to get like that. But I just want to put that out there. Okay, in he's advance. also not Thank that you. bad. But if you have issues with gore and anxiety, this is yep. not the movie for you. Yep, and yep. if you want to watch it, watch it at home. That way you can stop it if it's getting over. Yeah, if I watch it at home, I could just pause it, go to the bathroom, puke one out, <laughs> come right back. Be, I'd be fine. <laughs> the theater was rough. Um, so but the we song, did it for you. We did it for you. Thank you. Yeah, That was my birthday trip. To the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the song was an unexpected thing. You, uh, It's called Home, but it's not the song from With Teeth. It's not called Home. It's called You Made It. Parent, okay. They should have just called it, why the parenthetical? Just call it know. You Make It Feel Like Home. You yeah. Made It Feel Like Home. Yeah. He's singing in a totally alien style to us, which is kind of like a pop ballad or just ballad crooning. Mm-hmm. Not crooning, but sweetly, softly doing a ballad, mm-hmm. but not like a hurt ballad. No, a lot, there's vibrato in his voice. He's doing that more lately, um, and I, I have more than a strong suspicion that it's um, Atticus playing a little too much with the auto tune. But that's <laughs> y'all ain't ready to hear that. Um, what do you have to say about it? I just can't wait for 
the Oscars next year when Trent Reznor has to perform it on right. stage along with like, uh, who yeah. else has movie songs Ariana Grande and I'm just going to pull pop stars out of my ass she it'll be like I was about to say it would be like the Elliot Smith moment whenever he had to perform like with Celine Dion oh here it was the same year his song was nominated I think the same year as My Heart Will Go On I don't remember very many I remember Amy Mann for her awesome song Save Me from Magnolia She, I believe she had to play on the Oscars I remember Blame Canada yeah. The South Park because Robin Williams. That may it. have been the Amy Mann year. <laughs> Maybe. I can't remember. Um, but don't quote me on that. The song, um, the the vocals are strange to get through. The I really love the the piano playing, especially the like chorus part is is quite nice. We don't have to get into the depths of it. We'll yeah, probably sorry, do sorry. we'll probably do a whole episode about well, I I, I think we plan uh, on doing we? the scores eventually someday. So So we'll in a few years then. we'll be doing scores. Exactly. I already have a guest lined up for the Vietnam War episode. So Is it Ken Burns? <laughs> We've been writing letters back and forth, really long letters. Dear Ken, <laughs> I hope this letter finds you well. There's like slow banjo picking in the background. <laughs> uh, Ma finally passed away. Anyway, are we done? That's it for Nine Inch News. Sorry, I just wanted a sound effect to end that segment. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. If you have other suggestions, I'm open. No, it's fine. Okay, I guess we can get started talking about these tracks. These tracks. Are you ready? Oh, I'm I'm ready. All right. The way out is through. First track on the right side of the fragile. This one was written by Reznor, Keith Hillebrand, and Charlie Clauser, with guest piano by Mike Garson. And this one, if you remember, it was featured in that little teaser trailer for The Fragile, right? It Ah, where they showed him a cappella singing mm-hmm. in the booth. Yes. And he is belting yes. like a motherfucker. And this one is usually confused with Underneath It All. In fact, this happened recently in our Discord. People were talking about how they confuse The Way Out Is Through with Underneath It All because of the use of that lyric it's more oh, yeah. prominent so on the way out is through the lyric underneath it all mm-hmm. is in this song but the way out is through of course is never uttered so the song title was i think on nin wiki the working title was anomaly and this oh. was revealed by a tracking sheet on nin.com yeah this is this was on the whiteboard i believe anomaly along with rotation mm-hmm. so in viva 2 magazine resner talked about how the song got the title. And he said, the way that I couldn't cope with the death of his grandmother was by not addressing it or having the courage to write anything. And it took that realization to turn it around. And by writing about it and expressing, I felt better about it. I felt like I could see through it. The way out is through. That's where the song title came from because I thought that the way out was skirting the issue and walking on the curb. But the way out okay. is through. I hadn't heard that. But yeah, it's also an old turn of phrase. Mm-hmm. Much like the hand that feeds. Um, also, there's a fan theory, though, about oh. this song title. I got this from NIN Wiki, too. So the theory is that the title's a reference to the video game Doom. There's okay. a level E1M8. And by the way, I don't know if I'm saying any of this right because I've never played Doom. I don't <laughs> yeah, care. Yeah, E1M8. We all know it. It's called, I think the level's called Phobos Anomaly. And when you oh. beat that level... You are presented with a text screen that includes the phrase, looks like you're stuck on the shores of hell. The only way out is through. Uh, okay. I was going to say, I don't believe this connection. But now that you say that, he we we knew he was a Doom fan. He mm-hmm. saw that on the screen and he uh, he was like, I'm taking that. <laughs> Even though that phrase existed before yes. Doom, I promise you. But 
I think he got the idea from Doom. I believe that fully. Um, I think it's a good title for dead in the middle of the album. Like you've just been to the utter depths of the lowest lows, Mm -hmm. you know, with the great below and what better sentiment than how do we get out? Mm -hmm. (laughs) How do we get ourselves out of this album now? Just got to get through, man. It's through, through. When I was, uh, when I first uh, heard The Fragile and I read this title, I didn't know this phrase. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the hell? The way out is through what? (laughs) Through what? I thought it was like, the way out is through dot, 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 like an unfinished sentence or something. I didn't know it was a a thing unto itself. Uh, Now it makes more sense. I was just dumb. Now I associate this. I no longer associate it with the fragile. I associate that phrase with my friend uh, lives in Austin, Texas. And during that weird ice storm a couple years ago in like February when they lost power, Mm -hmm. when a lot of citizens in Texas lost power, they were without power for several days. And uh, she would message me. She would turn on her, she would use her phone briefly, sparingly at night, and she mm-hmm. would message me just to let me know she was okay. And whenever they had full power and she was reflecting upon it, she was just like, The way out is through. We just had to mm-hmm. get through it. Nice. Um, so that's what I associate. I associate it with my strong ass friend. Yes, it's something you say to pump yourself up. It's like an inspirational phrase, really. It's, you could almost put it on like an inspo poster. Live, laugh, love, the way out is through. <laughs> <laughs> Live, laugh, love, fist fuck, et cetera. But yeah, you don't expect motivational poster Nine Inch Nails title, but here we are, and I think it works. Yeah. So, uh, Clouser contributed some elements to the way out is through. He said, I think the only elements of mine that made it to the final version of the way out is through were the little blurps of 303-like stuff in the beginning. Did you say burps? Sorry, little burps. I love that he calls them little burps. I said Uh, blurps, but I meant burps. (laughs) Heather and I call them farts. Ah. Synths, synths, they love to, if it's a good synth, it makes nice farts and it makes good burps. And if you're a synth person, you'll understand. So a good synth has gas issues is what you're telling me. It has indigestion. Yes. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, you love to hear a good synth burp, and I know exactly what Charlie means when he says this. Um, And also that piano through vocoder. Can't remember if I played it or just processed it. That I never knew, but blew my mind, and now I have to try. It's those high little, I'll point it out later when we listen. I I really want to try piano through vocoder. I, I didn't know what that was, but... Love it. Interesting. Maybe some of the swarm synths as it builds and probably some big-ass sound on the big chords with the, with the vocals kick in. It was a hell of a hodgepodge mashup, that's for sure. Who can tell who did what at that point? Even listening to it now, I sure can't. And that was on a Gearspace message board. So, again, if it sounds weird, it's someone typing it out. So it might sound weird to read out yeah. loud as opposed to read on the messaging board but and kind of like when we talked to him on the show like who's to say who did what it's unclear now it's been a long time um the liner notes aren't exactly specific yeah he did something yeah and he continues i can't be totally clear on what i did what i used or when but i just listened back to that track trying to figure out why i got a co-writing credit yes. and to be honest i can't be sure what when why how Somewhere I have all of my files from the years of overdubbing on that album, so if I ever decode what was done, I'll update the post. Okay, we need these files from him. <laughs> Charlie, please, for the love of Christ, I know you said you had to like 
dig them out and I don't know, reformat them, but the world needs them. I would, it'd be interesting to know what Hillebrandt contributed to get a writing credit as well. Yeah, he does a lot of really cool stuff, but no clue what he did here. Um, and Mulder on a ProSound web forum said the intro filtering was done two ways. The music went through the filters on a virus synth, and that was programmed via MIDI. We use that treatment a lot on the record. The vocals slash whispering that come up at the beginning was done by sending them out to a little oratone speaker I love this. on a long lead and the assistant holding it and walking into a long corridor into a big garage with a U87 mic at the end of it. Most of this record was done in a garage. <laughs> you got a garage, you can make a classic album, guys. He started at the end of the corridor and walked right up to the mic. The idea being it sounds like it comes from far away and gets closer. I was bored and thought it would be funny to do. It took a few attempts to get the timing right. I really like that, trying weird new stuff when you're bored. When you listen to it closely, so he's doing that, all I've undergone, I will keep on. Basically, it sounds like that starts extremely quiet and then gets louder. You could have accomplished the same thing and no one would know by just moving the fader up. But it's always fun to try fun new things in the studio. So why the hell not? Well, do we want to play it and then do yes, your clips Yes, please. Corner? Okay. The cup scraping. It's basically Trent Reznor doing that song, Cups. I demonstrated by scraping a cup against some wood earlier. I know, but I don't know your what, Just, song, Cups. What are you talking about? Hang on, I have to pot because I this song is... So we were listening to it together earlier and I said, what is making that sound? Right. And I said, it sounds like someone's scraping a cup against a table. You know the song Cups? I can't do the thing, but it's a... Anna Kendrick, you'll miss me when I'm gone. Oh, my God. Jez is very detached from any pop culture that happened in the last 15 years. You'll miss me? What are you talking about? I'm going to flip. Okay. I probably know what it is, and I'm just deleted it from my memory because... Deleted. The cup, the cup song and... Is this something that's from like Pitch Perfect? Because I haven't yes, seen those. But okay. I, I think it existed before that. Well, yeah, probably, but I've never watched those movies. Sorry. Doesn't matter. When I'm gone, when I'm gone, no. <laughs> you're gonna miss me. I, you've never seen a person do the cup? I mean, I've seen shit like that, but. Didn't know this was a thing I should be paying a lot of attention to and keeping reference for. It just, it was okay. You, I know you have avoided the radio for the last twenty years or so. Yeah, I hate but it. But it was actually on the radio. The Cup song. I forgot that Anna Kendrick had a. The Cup short song was like a Billboard hit. Pop career. Yeah, it was a one-song pop career, I think. But anyway, I'm I'm gonna post a video to Instagram, but. <laughs> I have water in my cup where I do it right now. But it's, you know, right now I'm scraping the mouse against some fake wood. I sent you the video. You can just play the video that I sent. I know, but. That sounds there. I mean. Something like that. Now, listen back to it and tell me that that's not what it is. Or something similar. I just call it the scraping noises. can just barely hear the whispers too 
Wolfy synth stuff through the virus filter, I'm guessing. Okay, that the high high tinkly keys. I believe that's the piano through the vocoder that was talked about. I, I'll have to do an experiment later and try it myself to see if it sounds like that. Almost sounds like that little synth is distorting your speakers. No matter what system you listen on, it's like purposeful. Clouser would call it woofy. This is also cool. Uh, by the way, three, four, or six, eight, whatever you want to call it. Love the time signature of this song, the way it's used. Everything's sounding very filtered, low pass. I'm, I'm guessing that's the virus uh, filter section. Love those super low pass drums. And I really like how those little drums become like a real drum kit slowly here. Guitars making their way through. There's those real drums. The song's just like a big build up into like a big ass rocking, anthemic type thing, you know? Sounds like he's kind of going, wow, wow, too. Way more like rock and roll than you have heard from Nine Inch Nails in the past. And the vocal, the vocal performance is nutty. I can't wait to hear that isolated. Oh yeah, well. As best as I, you can. Yeah, I can't do it very well. But. Just watch the promo video if you want to hear it isolated. That's true. He's murdering it without, <laughs> without auto tune. He's just slaying it. it. Sounds like his. How many glasses of tea with honey do you think he drinks? This he must have gone throat. through gallons and gallons during those years of making the fragile. Oh, okay. Mike Garson tickling the keys here. Love that key tickling. You can always tell it's him because it's just like a almost not quite random tinkling. Improvised. Yeah, improvisational feel. Much more tinkly than the way Reznor plays piano. Kind of sounds like there's like a slapback delay on the piano. Anyway, so many little cool sounds, it's hard to even identify them all. And the way it this little shimmer that leads into Into the Void is really cool. All right, give us those clips. 
Let me take you to, oh, I need a drop for this. I'm still waiting for someone to make me a drop, but Blake's Clips Corner. Here we go. So it's really just one bass progression through the whole song. This is like the big stand-up bass or concert bass, whatever you want to call it. This is the way it starts. It gets bigger and louder, obviously. There's the, the cup scrapes and the whispers. I want to hear what everyone thinks thinks it is. Cup scraping against a table? Possibly. Or something else? Straw? Like an eraser? <laughs> Je- Jessica suggested straw. I don't Sim- similar similar to the eraser sound, but I don't think quite a straw. Then the first drum that comes in that we hear. It kind of sounds real at first, isolated, pretty pretty programmed, sequenced sounding, super low pass. I dig it. But then they become real. They start to sound more like a real kit. This very well may be a real kit being played one of the few instances of that on this album but we hear the hi-hat and everything uh the filter is opening so we're hearing more of the high end as it goes then during the big part there's some of the coolest drum stuff we'll get to that And then the drums go wild. This part with the prominent double kick drum technique uh, blows me away. Way better. Like, you can tell what's going on a lot better isolating it here. Love the rare instance of a double kick in a Nine Inch Nails song, that is. And here's the the double kick loop, just in case uh, you wanted to hear that. I made a few loops of it. This should be a song just in itself. Yeah, I love this. I'm stealing that. Then there's things that I called the fluties at the end. Uh, kind of sounds flute-like, right? A little. Or maybe some high-stringed instruments. Some of the violins, cellos, uh, not cello, but just the weird, weird stringed instruments that he was said to have picked up before recording this. Um, okay, the end part with the bass and piano. So that low, the low piano notes follow the bass. They double it. And then it just becomes the piano. The bass drops out. And Garson tinkles over them. That sounds weird saying it like that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Probably Reznor playing the low and then Garson doing the high, if I had to guess. 
more synthes and noise. I don't know if that's like Nord lead stuff or what the source is, but sounds cool. Would like to know. Then finally, uh, you know you had to hear um, some vocals. The delay kills me. I love it. Love that long delay. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Cool. That's all I got for that one. Only other things to finish this one up. Um, made its live debut on November 14th, 1999. Um, and was also played on the Wave Goodbye Tour through the 2013 Festival Tour. So I don't cool. think it's been played since. Now it's time to move on to one that I hold close in my heart. Mm, Probably one of my top... Five yeah. tracks, top I, three even. I don't. I when it gets that high, it's hard to rank them. Yeah, like, when you're it's like, probably it's, it's got to be top five for me as well. Yeah, and we're talking about Into the Void in case you yeah into haven't figured it out yet. You know, I even have an Into the Void ring that Blake bought me. That's for right. My you birthday. should. We got to post a pic of that. So this one, so we have backing vocals by Kim Provost and drum programming by Charlie Clouser. Now, this song was not an official Halo, was only released as a single in Australia. And we'll talk about versions in a Why second. Why there? Why there? Australia? I don't know. Come on, Australia. Here, I'll talk about the versions real quick. So it was released as a single in Australia, but not assigned a Halo number. Um, similar to what happened with Capital G. I believe Capital mm. G was released on like a 12-inch in Europe, but was also not given a... Weird. It deserved one. Was not given a Halo number. IMO. The track listing for that single, though, if anyone wants to know, is Into the Void, We Are in This Together, The Perfect Drug, and I believe it has the fade-out ending and the new flesh. flesh. They just threw them all on there, didn't they? They just (laughs) tossed everything in. This song also shares themes with two other songs on the album. La Mer, obviously, is the sister song and the song from which this... La Mer is the mother, yes, (laughs) uh, Into the Void sprang from the skull of La Mer. And so, also, the melody at the beginning of this song is echoed as a piano theme at the end of We're in This Together. I'm going to say they are sister melodies. Yes. They're not exact. Not exactly exact. the same. But, but related. If, yeah. If you play them on the keys, very, very uh, close. Not twins, but sisters. <laughs> right. Like eyebrows. <laughs> you don't want them to be twinsies. No, you do want them to be twinsies, but most oh, of the time they're sisters. You have to settle for sisters. <laughs> Aim for or, twins. Or Shoot wings. for twins. Shoot settle for twins. For sisters. Settle for sisters. That's what they say. Oh, my God. 
Sorry, that was a makeup tip from a friend. That's a makeup tip that your friend came up with? Yeah. Oh, so who? she, well, I work with her. Her name's Jess. And okay, so one week at work, they decided to give everyone a break and let people like display their t- their skills and talents and do tutorials. And she did Ooh. a tutorial on makeup application and she was doing her eyebrows. And she's like, listen, guys, I'm going to tell you this right now. It's impossible for me to get these perfect, like symmetrical. And she was like, so I know they should be twins, but <laughs> sisters is okay. Look, they're... <laughs> They're half sisters, <laughs> stepsisters. Same with your right? wings, you know. Just just try to get them close. They'll never be twins, but sisters is acceptable. Make them so. and make them sharp enough to kill a man. That's the uh, other. Rule. That's the other rule, right? That's what people tune in for. Makeup tips. What did you, no? This is what I wanted to ask. What did you do for your instructional? I didn't do one. No one asked me. Oh come on! Mine would be podcasting. Oh, I could talk for hours. Mm-hmm. How not to podcast? Exactly. Number one, don't have a Trentini before you start. No, that's a good... <laughs> she picks up a Diet Coke. I don't know why. Because <laughs> my Trentini is empty. Mine is too. Dang it. Okay. Into the Void. We love it, though, Into don't we, void. folks? The best. So, so good. Another thing I didn't know until I was researching this was that it was nominated for a Grammy in 2001 what? for Best Male Rock Vocal Performance. This is a category that no longer exists. <laughs> but Too specific and weird. Do you want to play a game? Oh, boy. The uh, game sure. is, oh, who won choice. the Grammy? I'm going to give you the nominees. You know that Nine Inch Nails did not win, but I'm going to read the nominees, and you tell me who you think won. Okay. Okay? Best male rock vocal performance? Yes, in 2001. So you have David Bowie, Thursday's Child, Bob Dylan, Things Have Changed, Don Henley, Working It. Uh, no offense to Bowie, these are all dinosaurs wait i like i have a good joke about this in a minute well not joke but anyway a segue uh lenny kravitz again okay and then nine inch nails into the void who won i love that bowie and trent are on it together Mm -hmm. love it love that for them love that for them um i'm gonna say kravitz you are correct good guess i guess kravitz because it's like the crint well, they're all cringy answers, but it's well, just a stupid thing Bowie's that it not seems necessarily, like. But true, 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 true. Um, the ones that aren't Bowie and Trent are all cringy. It just seems like some dumb thing the Academy would. They're do. like, I this guy's young and hip. Yeah, let's exactly. give it to him. I could not remember what the song again was, so I had to go out and listen to it, and I it is just the most. Listen, Lenny Kravitz, you're hot. You got great style, but man, your music is so generic. Um, and your daughter's lovely, but again. Oh yeah. Catwoman, we love her. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. So we look at me. You look at me like I'm from another planet. Um, but why? I love Into the Void. Why Into the Void? Why not We're in This Together? Which is uh, because that was probably released as a single before the cutoff. The Grammys have those weird cutoffs. This was nominated in 2001. Okay. So that would be my guess. Yeah, but if we're just talking vocal performances, that performances. You said dinosaurs. So I have a side note on here, and I said, Mm. not sure why so many fucking dinosaurs, no offense to Bowie, (laughs) were nominated. That's exactly what I said. Were nominated in this category as 2000 saw the release of the following albums Radiohead's Kid A, Mm. Elliot Smith's Figure Eight. Coldplay's Parachutes, Modest Mouse, The Moon in Antarctica, Deftones, White Pony, Queens of the Stone Age, Rated R, and At the Drive-In's Relationship of Command. Wow. Yeah. What a year. I don't know people hate Coldplay, but... Yeah, fuck that. Anyway. I didn't hate them in 2001. I'm just going to say that. Sure. No, no, we all we all loved them in 2001. We thought they were the next big thing. Mm. Anyway, Into the Void, baby. 
Into the void. So charts. Uh, it reached number 11 on the U.S. Wine and Rock Tracks chart and number 27 on U.S. Mainstream Rock Tracks. Oh, there was also a two-track promo that was released in the U.S., but it was incorrectly labeled as Halo 16. We know that's not right. Oh, weird. Let's talk a little bit about how this came to be. This is from Mulder and Sound on Sound in May of 2000. He said, we made a database of all the songs, all the bits, the riffs, and all of the keys, tempos, and time signatures. For instance, there was a track called La Mer, which consisted solely of a piano take. Then we took some drums from another song, which were in a similar tempo, and we thought, well, that kind of feel might fit. And so we shrunk that to the right tempo and added it as a drum part. At the same time, we had a separate guitar effects loop. The Eventide DSP-4000 has a sampling loop, which you can overlay, and we got a whole bank of different ones and different tempos with different textures. And we took one of those that was in a similar tempo, shrunk it, and put it in. So those three different pieces became a song. Then, when we decided to remix it later on, it became yet another song. We played the bass line on a different instrument, changed the drum sounds and the drum pattern, and kept the chords and tempo identical to La Mer, and that became Into the Void. Yeah, so out of the long, uh, like, experimental uh, instrumental comes this, the poppiest jam you ever heard. So Clouser also contributed some of the plonky bits and processing on Into the Void. I wonder if he means, like, the, at the beginning, like, the xylophone hits or whatever they are. That's what I'm wondering. Plonky. Bing, 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 bing. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and also, Clouser said on a Gearspace message board, he said there's a triggered filtery sound on Into the Void that was a guitar track run through the Microwave 2XT filter input. That piece of gear I'm not familiar with. I did always wonder what that was. Just in the verses, you hear like, wow, wow, wow. It's hard to do, but it sounds guitarish, but also mm-hmm. synthy. And the bass sounds, maybe we're also run through that, I think. Um, like the Nord lead with the oscillator FM, which on the Nords has a unique and dirty sound. The Nords were widely used on the fragile. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. So yeah, I believe that the fattest sawtooth bass you ever heard in your life, the famous Into the Void bass synth, I'm guessing is the Nord lead with, uh, according to Clouser, some frequency modulation. That's what FM is uh, via the mod wheel on the Nord keyboard. Hey, why don't we play this and come back and talk some more about it? Let's play this MF. What do you think about the title, by the way? Once again, not in the lyrics. Lyrics are all about slipping away. But where are we going to slip away to? Into that void. I mean, if it's this funky, I want to go into that <laughs> void. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd go into his void, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I got you. I'd let him fill my void. How's that? Okay. Okay. Horny jail. Oops. <laughs> Wrong song. <laughs> And I love the little ratchety percussion. Yeah, what is that? Oh, it could be anything. Little little marimba thingy. The bells. The noises. The cello. It all adds up to pure sonic perfection. The plinky that Clouser did could be the bing, 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 that thing. I'm wondering. Yeah, what becomes the bass line is right now on guitar. By the way, 3-4 becomes 4-4 here. That is maybe still 
the deepest, fattest, thickest kick I've heard in music. It's up there. 23 years later. Ugh. Yeah, the... Something about the combination of that that beat and that bass synth. It's just the fattest fucking thing. Cannot get enough. And it's mostly just this for the whole song. I know, just like injected in my veins. It has not been improved upon in 23 years of of music, folks. (laughs) Just like the movie. Uh, It's in that movie, if you didn't know. We'll talk about it. Okay. But just the shuffle, okay, the shuffled beat, the way it makes makes us think it's a 3-4 song becomes a 4-4 really straightforward dance jam the claps I gotta say these are the most important wah-ah-ohs in the history of music (laughs) it is a great vocal okay I'd nominate it too because just all the layering the layering is nutty in this song the chorus is simply It's like a pop song, but the structure is strange. I don't know. It just we have a so wordless well. chorus. That's right. And the way the guitar comes in, we don't hear the guitar until the chorus, but then that guitar continues and just builds. God, I love the shuffle. Can't say it enough. It's weird because this song is really uh, not a happy song, but I just want to fucking groove. Yeah, you know it's, what one, I it's mean? one of those songs, like, ultra depressing lyrics, mm-hmm. hottest groove you ever heard instrumentally. Like the greatest artists do that. Amazing. You don't even pay attention to the lyrics. You're just singing <laughs> and grooving. and Well, I am anyway. Breakdown. My favorite part, of course, is coming up where it comes out of the breakdown. It's like time to dance, motherfuckers. Here we go. Here we go. It's funk music. Jess is literally just over there dancing, not even podcasting, just dancing. That synth. Here come 35 Trent Trent vocal layers. And don't forget, Kim Provost is in here somewhere. Where? (laughs) I'm thinking here. I'll explain later. Okay. There's so many layers that she's lost. But yeah, this is a climax, you could say. I think we have a tambourine, too. And then...
quite a bold, bold ending. Cut all instruments. Let your dry ass voice just uh, end it. And then it just perfect ending slash beginning to the next song. Yeah, into another fat ass beat. (laughs) Yeah. So give us your clips. It's clips corner time. All right. I had some of the most uh, fun I've ever had doing clips with this one, of course. Oh, I can't wait then. I, by the way, I don't know if listeners know this, but I don't hear the clips until we podcast. Right. They're, so. they're, they're new to her always. Call this fat, P-H-A-T, bass loop. I just want to marry that bass loop. <laughs> and it's, we have a more, more than the sum of its parts situation again. I'm going to start calling it the gestalt theory of Nine Inch Nails. (laughs) But it's not as fat without the kick in there. You have to have both elements. The claps. All the little decisions that went into this loop. Like it's the clap every other snare. We didn't come across and research a lot of detail on the source of the kick and snare for that matter. If anyone knows, I would love to fucking know because it's the deepest, fattest kick I ever heard. It's probably just like an 808 or something really boring, but like the way they processed it was somehow perfect. It's hard to even describe why it's it's just like, (laughs) it's hard to describe why the kick is so fat. Anyway, the... Uh, what I called slide drums from the bridge. That sound that's like a slide into a big clap. How? It's like like a reverse, almost like a reverse cymbal effect Uh being sucked into the... So good. (laughs) That's when you want to do a little pause. I just want to shimmy, like... Uh, and then the tam- when the when that tambourine hit, and you know he keeps that thing on him. Shaking it. The bridge synth that I love so much. after that part all hell breaks loose with a highly distorted noise might not even know that's back there Sounds kind of guitar-like, at least the first part, but it took me a while to even realize that was in there. 
um, the I think this was new to me, which I didn't think I'd find anything new, but the bit there is a change in the bass part at the end. So it's not exactly the same all the way throughout. That extra note. It's an extra note that almost sounds like a bass guitar is being played over the bass synth. ultra low like sub frequency boom never knew that was there um okay the the many layered vocals at the end is where i think possibly kim is hidden if she is indeed there at all Really high harmonies. I just save myself, but myself keeps slipping. Yeah, some really high harmonies that stand out a bit. Uh, some notes that are being held a little bit could possibly be her. But let us know your theories. Uh, that's all I got. Okay. Well, uh, just real quick to finish this up. This was used prominently in the 2000 Devon Sawa horror film Final Destination. Mm. Now, NIN Wiki claims that the movie was named after the song. I don't think that's right. I could not find anything that confirmed this or denied it, you know, whatever. Right. But I could find no confirmation for that. I think it was just a happy accident. Final destination is a term that has been used for right death for a long time. Like the way out is through. Mm-hmm. It's a turn of phrase. Exactly. Not even a turn of phrase. It's just a phrase. Yeah. I think it was just a happy coincidence. I found nothing that confirmed that they... Um, I think they were in maybe post-production and somebody on the the team was like, hey, I just heard this kick-ass song. It has the line Final Destination We in should it. have the asshole jock play it yeah, loudly it in his car. It doesn't fit all that great in the movie. No, but the original title for the film was Flight 180, but they decided to change it so it would not be confused with other recent releases because, you know, Hollywood likes to put out I, movies that are all kind of the same. So Con Air, Air Force One, they didn't want to put Flight 180 up there and have it all confusing. I so. don't believe for a second that anyone was about to put a movie in theaters with the title Flight 180. It was a working title, but yeah, working it was title. still the original title. Never intended to be a, yeah. A but the thing title. is, is like, you know, they've got to market this stuff and create their campaigns and posters. And I just don't think that, that the film was named after that line. Anyway, one more thing. I just want to read a little snippet from a piece that was taken from 33 and a third, the B sides by Luis Sanchez about into the void. And I think this kind of sums up why I feel like this is one of the best tracks that Reznor's ever written. Reznor's sense of the possibilities of rhythm have always been his signature strength. The best Reznor productions are marked by the way beat patterns, syncopations, and percussive textures pulse and swerve, 
not as gestures of production virtuosity, but as rhythmic articulations, as ways into the music by listening with your whole body. Reznor sings as if existential dread were nothing more than an attitude, a mood registered as style. Synthesized funk lines, guitar, and vocal tracks take shape and bear down hard. Everything is a surface groove, until it isn't. Three minutes in, the rhythms and textures start to sink, resurface, and fragment all at once. Suddenly, Reznor is singing as if the dread were gushing from a laceration across his throat. What you're hearing is the sound of a man breaking apart and coming into being at the same time. And because Into the Void presents itself as a dance record, what really matters as a listener isn't the art of losing yourself in the music, but feeling more present, more conscious in your body because of it. For an album that concerns itself with depths and voids, it's remarkable then just how well The Fragile gives form and dimension to the act of creation out of fragmentation. Taking on nothingness, Reznor says yes to existence. Wow, that's very good. Who wrote that? (laughs) Uh, Luis Sanchez. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yes. Uh, And as far as... Being played live, I mean, it made its live debut on November 14th, 1999, and was played on Fragility through Performance 2007 tours and the Tension 2013 tour. Definitely didn't, I was disappointed it didn't make it to like the, and all that could have been DVD. I don't even think they did it on the American leg of the tour, did they? I don't think they did. I could be, don't quote me. Um, Maybe one of those that they tried in, in the first leg and it wasn't working. Like, no, you don't. Anyway, totally top tier, top five, all-time banger for me. 10 out of 10 song, no notes. (laughs) Perfect in every possible way. Uh, Okay. You want to take a quick break? Yeah, we'll be right back with Where's Everybody? everybody? We're back. In case you were wondering where Uh, everybody went. Wait, I have a drop for that. Oh, okay. Coming back into an empty room like, Where is everybody? (laughs) We're here. We're right here. Yeah, anyway. (laughs) So that's the next track. That's right. Another funky banger with a fat beat, if I do say so. Yeah. Is that fair to say? It's fair to say. It's great. A lot of people maybe don't like it. Yeah. I think it's probably the chorus. Uh, yes, uh, corny lyrically on the chorus part, maybe. Maybe, but I just a lot of rhyming. Love it. I mean, I think it bangs. It works perfectly though for the chorus. I couldn't imagine it yeah. like any other way. It's not, yeah, it's just a lot of rhyming. You know, ing, crying and dying and all that. Uh, there's a, a level of corniness to that, but for me, just musically, it works very nicely it does so this track was possibly named after the very first episode of the twilight zone oh it definitely was Mm -hmm. not the only twilight zone named song yes and it features an end melodic guitar from a frequent nine inch nails collaborator adrian blue that's right he was almost a nine inch nail but then he wasn't Mm -hmm. so Mulder says that the drums on where is everybody are programmed And we didn't have loops on that one, so I could have access to all the parts and balance them, which makes it easier. There were three kicks, one main, one not so deep, and one very low, 
which enabled them to be sat together quite easily, and the same went for the snare. I used a DBX120S subharmonic synth on the low end to add depth and ran the kick snares and the low Simmons toms to a Neve 33609 subcompressor, which I fed into glue it all together a bit. Um, Whatever he did sounds fat as hell. <laughs> yeah, that is from a ProSound web forum. Um, yeah, I'll, when you, when we get to the isolated stuff, you'll you'll hear all the various fat elements of kick. I've always thought this track slaps, and I know yeah. people don't seem to like it, but there's something about it. Maybe it's because it follows Into the Void, so it kind of captured my attention because I love Into the Void so much that whatever follows it. It captured my attention that it was kind of like two funky songs in a row. True. And this one's only sort of funky, but when you hear that strange guitar lick come in, you're like, this has got a strange funk to it. Yeah, it's it's so weirdy. That thing. I mean, I'm not going to list it in my top like 10 all-time Nine Inch Nails tracks, but I love it. Like, I love it. I love it. I wanted it live so bad. Never been played live. Never. Are we going to talk about that? Yeah, let's talk about why. Why do you think it's never been played live? That's the question I was going to ask. Um, and I think Charlie Clouser spoke to this a bit. I think it's probably vocally very difficult to pull off live um, because of the notes he's hitting in certain parts. Uh, and lyrically, Im- imagine trying to remember the order in which you say, <laughs> I could never do this. If you gave me a million dollars, I could not remember the correct order of pleading and kneading and seeding and breeding mm-hmm. and and whatever did you say seeding Se- crying and dying and flying and it's sighing pleading and, and kneading and bleeding and breeding and feeding exceeding exceeding i'd never get mm-hmm. that and i he probably biffed it and got frustrated and i understand and yeah. uh, there's also the uh well clauser told the great story of the there's the tarzan there's more tarzan boy remember when we talked about tarzan boy and no you don't mm-hmm he, uh, in this, he does the. I love those woes, though. Um, there's the Clouser story where he says they were doing rehearsals for this to do it live. I guess where they figured out it wasn't working, and Clouser belted out the woe woes, uh-huh. and apparently belted it spot on, and everyone was like, "Okay, you have to do that now. <laughs> you actually nailed it." Uh, no pun intended. But, you know, I don't know if he could repeat. <laughs> Maybe he did it once uh, as a fluke and couldn't repeat it. But there's a lot of moving part. There's 20 harmonies, you know, on mm-hmm. the choruses. Uh, tough to pull off. I don't know. Hard to say. What Would love if they could pull it off live. Would have loved to have heard it. I wanted it to be the return from pandemic. It would have been song. perfect. Like, where the fuck but, is everybody? Yeah. They're trying and lying, defying, denying, and crying and lying. And dying, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say, I think he's just lying twice. Oh, no. Did I type it up wrong? <laughs> See, I can't even get it right when I type it. See? There is crying and dying the first time I typed it wrong. This is why There's he... also defying, denying. See, it changes. No, wait. That's right. Sorry. Let's try yeah, that again. It does. It changes. Defying, denying, crying, and dying. And yep. there's crying and lying. So there, I was right. Okay. It's just a separate, sorry. It's, see, we can't even get it right here. How are no. they going to get it night after night? It's not like they wrote it or anything or he wrote it or anything. Even if I wrote it, I'd never remember <laughs> it. It's just a list. It's like a rhyming dictionary, basically. I mean, but to be fair, that is what people do. Yeah. 
and there's all the the kind of rap like elements as mm-hmm. you were talking about in the verse which mm-hmm. uh i guess not that hard to pull off uh d- you were saying it was down in it ish it reminiscent of that sort of eh, kind of yeah more more sing songy than down in it but still mm-hmm. kind of uh fast syllables that are all somewhere between spoken word and singing did you happen to catch did it happen so fast that one that part mm-hmm. well why don't we uh play the song yeah. and then we'll do clips corner and then we'll talk about one other little thing Another great combination of beat and bass. Mm-hmm. This time it sounds like a highly distorted bass guitar. Two notes. And then the strangest, funkiest little acoustic guitar lick. lick. Yeah. Crazy. I was always drawn to that guitar lick. You think, is that Reznor? I mean, know? that would be my guess. It's so strange that it's like, is it Baloo? But we know he's at the end. I think it's Reznor. It probably is Reznor. Falsetto vocal harmony. And that kind of two-note bass is what stays throughout the whole song except for when it drops out. Little tambourine jangles every now and again. I love that. Bass drops out. We got guitar in our right ear only. Here come the rhymes. Kind of like exhausting. I always felt like I was spinning. Okay, yeah. And now we have guitar in both ears, or guitar synth combination. More on that later. Does no one else kind of dizzy when they hear this song, or is it just I'm not, me? <laughs> I'm dizzy when I hear the helicopter whirlies right here. Great way to come back into a second verse. Well, okay enough. <laughs> Beat drops out so you can say, God damn, I am so tired. love that there's no bass on the chorus it's all we get we get deeper deeper kick and tom stuff on the beat but it's all carried by the guitar the beat and the vocal harmonies of course layering 
20 Trent's right there. This cool little long guitar outro. Really cool little part, though. This is a yeah. This is just a vibe that it rides out on for a long time. I love this vibe. <laughs> She's just vibing. I'm just vibing. And then we have, we'll talk about the song that uses this later, right? Yes. There's a song that borrows this guitar part, lifts it directly. Two songs with tambourine in a row. Also, I'm digging that. Can't get enough of Tambo Trent. Nope. The high twinklies, that's gotta be the blue. Yeah. Oh yeah. He loves to make the weird noises. And there's something really distorted, maybe that part's Trent. That thing. That fade out. Not a lot of Nine Inch Nails fade outs. Now, it's one of the few. Yeah. A long fade. Because the mood the mood changes so drastically for the next one, you almost need that fade. You do need you that fade. You don't want a hard stop and then jarring you into the next one. Yeah. I, I, I love the track. So, Blake, do you have any clips? I know you keep that thing on you. <laughs> you know I keep those clips on me. Uh, okay, I looped the drums. And these are specifically the drums from the chorus where we hear some more of the lower bass elements are added, kick and tom. Damn. That's thick. And two songs in a row where we get claps, Uh like alternating snare claps. Like... Name a fatter beat, unless it's Into the Void. Like, I always thought Into the Void was the fattest beat, nin-wise, but this gives it a run for its money, mm-hmm. especially when you just listen to it like that. Um, then that funky acoustic guitar twang. <laughs> always so drawn to that so unexpected and strange when the chorus comes in this is what you hear in one speaker there's we have guitar only in one speaker i think the guitar is in the right but we hear this in the other speaker it's like a noise then the other speaker Okay, and so when we hear that little melody in both speakers on the opposite side of the guitar, what we're hearing is, I think, a synth part. But playing the same as the guitar part, almost the same, like, timbre. 
it's that. Guitar sense blend again. I just kind of always figured it was just guitars. It's that tricky, it's the man-machine mystique. I haven't brought that up in a while. But if you know, you know. This is them blended in stereo. talking about speaking of feeling dizzy here's that helicopter whirl from uh when it goes into the second verse did you ever clock this did you know that was there as soon as you pointed it i was like oh fuck oh fuck there's a (laughs) there's a chopper maybe it's just like the preset on a casio keyboard helicopter noise no it's probably more complex than that but i don't know it probably took them three weeks to make the sound and he probably just had that by itself and that was the whole song (laughs) let's make something out of this out of this whirly bird and Mulder's like oh crikey wait is that something Mulder would say yeah he would say crikey (laughs) uh So those guitars at the end. The blue. Experimental guitar sound stuff. It kind of sounds like some reversal stuff is going on. So I actually reversed the part to see what it sounded like. And I think there might be some reverse guitar in the mix. So you hear the picking here. Uh-huh. But I think it's a combination of backwards and forwards, as we've heard in his music before. And one of my favorite parts, the vocals. It's the harmonies that get me. Love those. And we get some even better ones in the second chorus. Every 
I love singing that Tarzan boy part so <laughs> I want to hear you nail it right now. I'm not going to sing note it for into note. the mic. No. No fucking way. Well, you said you love singing it. I love singing it. Doesn't mean I'm good at it and that I want other All people right. to hear Maybe me sing it. Maybe sometime in private. But it really jumps out at you how uh, how prominent all the layers are that come in at the end for the climactic. Where is everybody? God, it's got to got to be at least ten trends. <laughs> so yeah. One more thing, and this was brought to our attention from patron and listener Aaron. Have you ever heard of a band Blake called Enough Is Enough? <laughs> Enough Z Enough. Yeah, I've seen them <laughs> in the uh, record store. Yeah, that's about. Never actually listened. That's about my interaction too. Um, cause they just have, you know, a funny name. Um, so a member of enough's enough chips enough <laughs> had to take that last name, had to do it, um, released a debut solo album called strange time. And, uh, this came out and I think it was, was it 2013? I think was the year anyway, somewhere around there, uh, chip described the album as a stoner rock record. So cool. Sure. Um, this track, though, it's the titular track called Strange Time, um, was produced by Rick Rubin and written by Chips Enough and a little, little person. A little guy. Oh, I, no, don't, I didn't mean to do it like go. that. Let me try this again. No pun intended. And by I, a uh, our, certain musician. Our favorite guy. Y'all might have heard of him, Trent Reznor. So. He gets a writing credit because mm-hmm. I guess the his uh, guitar part was used in this for whatever reason. Chips enough just liked it, but for comparison, it's this. <laughs> and that became the main riff to Strange Time by Chips Enough. It is in a different key probably here but and slowed slowed down but same basic thing still sounds cool i still want to know how they got together like i was listening to rick rubin uh, must be i was listening to an enough is enough track and i was like is this something Reznor would have listened to in 1989 like i don't i don't know what did it sound like look it up is it like hair metal look it up Look up, just type them in, and the first song that comes up is probably the most popular. This song one. is kind of this riff for like more than six, or for six and a half minutes. Honestly, I didn't hate this song. No, I didn't hate it. It's got the kind of shoe, it's shoegazy. Kinda, yeah. hearing monster ballads it's giving white snake a little bit i'm sure they have a wide discography of different sounds i was just wondering how they how they got together was trent a fan i think via the reuben connection maybe Okay, so moving on to our final track that we're going to talk about tonight. The mark has been made. Tonight's first instrumental. Every side, I believe, has an instrumental that that we're doing. Every episode we're doing in this series should have an instrumental. 
Yeah. Do you do you like this one a lot? I like it. Um, I've long said it's not one of my favorites from The Fragile. Mm-hmm. Listening to it recently, especially tonight, like on vinyl, blasting it, I'm like, damn, this kind of goes hard. It's it maybe is, better than I. I maybe like it more now than I did when I was a teen. Definitely. Yeah. It really is good on its own merits. Um, just a really nice instrumental. It does go hard. Still not my favorite song on the fragile, but I mean, what can you do? Yeah. Like if I was making a one disc cut, this probably wouldn't make it. Yeah. Like you just might be forced to cut it if you were cutting down to one disc. Maybe. If there were an industrial accident. (laughs) Oh no. An industrial accident. Skinny puppy got in a car crash with a tack head. (laughs) So anyway. We'll come back more to this song because actually for the song that maybe is not everyone's favorite fragile track has had a lot of use in pop culture, yeah. actually. Yeah. Shockingly. So, yeah, which is weird. I think it's just because it's a mood. It's a mood piece and it works for the mood that certain trailer editors really wanted to go for exactly. at a certain time. Yeah. And we'll we'll talk about it. So real quick, uh, I think Alan Mulder has said that the drums at the beginning are done in a program called Metasynth. Yeah, the gurgly, burpy drums. I'll play them later. I'm not familiar with Metasynth. Maybe it's kind of like TurboSynth. Um, I don't think so, but... Yeah. yeah. And we've talked a little bit about the Dat Jam drums. Um, these were drums that were used on somewhat damage, and just like you imagined, they were also taken from that same and session no, you and don't. used here. Yeah. And the, yeah, when I'll, I'll isolate them here. You can t- they are the garage drums, the same ones we hear in those tracks. It's really apparent once you uh, really listen. You want to play the track? All right, let's make the mark. Is this, is this about that whiskey? Maker's Mark? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> are they related in any way? <laughs> I don't think so, but maybe. That mood down. That little guitar lick is so mournful. It really is. Mournful is is my word. It's a sad. It's a sad mood. But it gets obviously it gets way heavier. percussion the the soft and sad guitar and then atmospheric drones that are pretty cool in the back there i dig that and then the the only bass is this kind of single note swell that goes up and down ah cello yeah sounds so great Couldn't keep himself away from the cello on this album, though. Almost has a yeah, twangy country <laughs> country flavor breakdown. Oh, not yet. <laughs> false, <laughs> false alarm. But there is a breakdown yeah. that's very striking. It's got kind of a, t- 
uh, uh, there's a twang. There's a lot of twang. That's uh-huh. why I, I called my mashup Mark Twang, because it's twangy sounds from the mark has been made. This is a bold drop out here. Such a strange little part. Big drums. We've added a cool bass line. The bass kind of starts to go wild, and we got the dirtiest chugga chugga guitars you ever heard. I mean, not that you ever heard, but. It's like, very chugga chugga. Well, in juxtaposition with all the other sounds, right? Like yeah. The, in comparison, the cello. This is the, not a. It's not a funky dance mood, <laughs> as the previous two songs might have had. Back to a bit more muted and sad. There's a lilting. That's what I'll say. That's a good term. The guitar that goes. It's, it's like a false, it's like a fake out. It's because it's going to go back to being hard. I love that distortion. That's like it, it's going to break. It's about, it's about to short out or something. If you want to make a movie trailer, you know what I'm saying? Definitely. But yeah, it kind of lilts away here. More of the atmospherics. It slows down. I think it's time stretched. Listen to that guitar. Yeah. What's happening here? We're hearing a tease of another track that we'll get to on the next episode. This, I, this is the part, I believe on the CD, mm-hmm. it goes into like backward time mode. I don't know what you call this, but it's like negative 15 seconds or whatever. And then mm-hmm. it counts down until the next track comes in mm-hmm. and it's playing. It's almost like a secret <laughs> bit. Yeah. Is that on the cassette too? It's just not I mean, on the vinyl. I believe so. Yeah. It, because the vinyl, you is, don't need the fade out. Ten mi- Yeah. Well, the entirety of 10 Miles High is on the vinyl. Yes. Not on cassette or CD. Correct. 
Do you have any clips for us? Anything you isolated that's interesting? Okay, I call this the bubble loop. I believe this is the meta-synth that Mulder spoke of. Okay. Kind of a bubbling percussion, would you say? Kinda. Then I call this drum loop the gurgle. The gurgle. <laughs> the bubble and the gurgle? The, there's bubbles and there's gurgles. This okay. is the gurgle loop. The previous one was like a low-pass filtered mm-hmm. version. This is the unfiltered version. course the guitars that are sad I had a theory that I forgot about until just now I in my own head I was calling this the help me I am in hell of the fragile oh Okay. It's kind of like that for me. It's an instrumental with this ultra like mournful guitar. Mm-hmm. Something about the bends that he does remind me of Help Me I'm in Hell and the way that it's like uh, he uses electric guitar that's not distorted. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's they're they're both songs that build. They're very different, but if you know, you know. I mean it's it's the Help Me I'm in Hell of the Fragile. Uh, the twangy licks loop. I, and I just looped it. God, it could be improvised. It's so like, like whatever strings I hit, fine. Who cares? <laughs> Something, as Nathan Fielder once said, something might happen here. And if it does, who cares? <laughs> what that mean? <laughs> what that means. Uh, Nathan Heads will get it. The, there's a bass. Okay, I didn't know for the longest time, maybe the first hundred listens, that there was a bass line that kind of changed up in the, uh, in the end section. It goes lower. I probably didn't really... It's way more pronounced in the live version. So I probably didn't notice it until watching that All That Could Have Been DVD. But I love the way it goes down. It's like all synthesized in the live version. Then the big drums. These are the garage drums. You can definitely hear the similarities in these, the no you don't drums, the just like you imagine drums, somewhat damaged. You hear, I'm starting, it's probably all psychosomatic. I feel like I'm starting to hear that garage and the PA system, the clouds are set up in there. Uh, and I think this was kind of new to me this time, but the bass does end up going nuts at the end. Um, and I had to isolate it to really notice. Like, what is all this? Great. 
never noticed that either. It's all over the place. Sounds like Trent having fun with it, possibly improvising, and then they just kept the take that they like, or combination of takes. And then even bigger drums. There's a more this more driving beat at the very end there. That's all my clips for tonight. Nice. I did the sword sharpening sound effect out of nowhere to try to surprise Jess. So, live, this has been played. It made its debut on April 3rd, 2000, and was played on every show during the Fragility 2.0 tour and has not been played since. Dang. Trent hate this song. I mean, he liked it enough to play it every show of, of that leg of the tour. It made the uh, concert movie, mm-hmm. but... Maybe it's just like too tied to the mood of the fragile and maybe the fan response was kind of meh. <laughs> so, you know. Or maybe he got sick of it because it was used in every trailer and TV show from like uh, 2000 maybe that. Maybe to that 2013. It. Soured him on it. So I sent you a few links to some of these yeah, that I, I thought it. would be interesting to play. But um, I'll just name some that I didn't send you okay. first. So there was Man on Fire. Um, I believe this was the the soundtrack that Reznor was listed as a uh, like con- consultant for. Yeah. Uh, used in the Abracadaver, cleverly titled episode of CSI. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Used in the Darkness Two game trailer. Uh, I don't know what that is. Our mm. gamers will know. I'm not familiar. Mm. And then used in Sons of Anarchy. There was a shortcut of the song that was used in the trailer. For season six at Comic-Con. Okay. Mm -hmm. Comic-Con exclusive. So used in a lot of trailers. So the first trailer that I sent you a link to was for the movie Unbreakable in 2000. A movie I enjoyed back in the day, Shyamalan Mm -hmm. joint. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, roll that trailer, see if it holds up. That's not what the mark has been made. That's Enya or something. Her... (laughs) I believe you. Not Enya. Uh, Enigma. Sounds like Enigma. I'm just an ordinary man. No, you're not. Why do you keep saying that? It's hard for many to believe there are extraordinary things inside themselves. Don't worry. I'm not telling you what. This corny, kind of. <laughs> I was so excited to see this movie. I, I love the sixth sense. I mean, if you want if you want drama, bad is winning. It's time for this song is instant drama. Unbreakable. I bet my dad could beat up your dad. I can't believe the uh, voiceover person says the title Unbreakable. When did they stop doing that? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, fits just fine, I guess. This this made me laugh. Sopranos season six trailer. Yeah, so use that. The final season, right? Yeah. I met Tony. I knew who that guy was. I don't know if I loved him in spite of it or because of it. I would go to my priest and I would cry and say how bad I felt, but that was bullshit because there are far bigger crooks than my husband. (laughs) 
that was it. It hits when uh, Tony Soprano is holding a baby and spinning around in slow motion. Strange, strange choice. I mean, someone was just a fan, I think. Who's hungry? That's probably definitely true. I am going to say that I think the music supervisor is a fan. It makes you wonder on heaven and hell. Are there based upon more just, men songs in the well, series? Or? I'm not certain about that because we just started watching it. Yeah. But I know that the son, AJ, uh, is, is he a fan? Well, we know he's, he's a Limp biscuit head. He's like a new metal, metal kid. You know, like yeah. it would make sense if at some point he showed up in a Nine Inch Nails t-shirt. They're, adja- I guess, adjacent. If you were into rock in the in the 90s, late 90s, you yeah, you sure. listen to Nine Inch Nails. You like, come on. bought the fragile. I don't know <laughs> that the mood fit is necessarily correct there. Okay. Can I, uh, this is my favorite use for it. So Need for Speed <laughs> Undercover. It is played during the introduction, but it's also played whenever you complete a race or if you are caught by the police. So I sent you a caught by the police. Uh, I'm not that familiar with Need for Speed series, but mm-hmm. I am familiar with GTA. I'm going to imagine this playing whenever it says wasted on the screen okay. <laughs> and you've been shot to death. Okay. Sh- I think it should play this then. they sped it up so that's a compilation of the busted scenes i guess were they all busted scenes yeah there are uh, many different ways you can be busted in the game i'm guessing and (laughs) different songs for different occasions i guess and one of them is mark has been made sped up it's also possible it that the video on YouTube is sped up and not the song. That is totally possible for copyright reasons, right? Sometimes people do it for that. This says 4K 60 FPS. So maybe in the conversion, it sped the whole thing up to the higher frame rate, mm-hmm. make it smooth it out, but it's speeding everything up. People yeah. who know more about this stuff than me are probably going to call me a poser. But Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just know that when I was looking for that Sopranos trailer, the first version I found was very sped up. Oh, yeah. People will because do this speed up. Probably because HBO. I don't know. Yeah. People will do the speed up trick to try to avoid copyright. It doesn't always work. Um, anyway. So, the mark has been made. That's all well, I Well, the got. mark has been made on podcasting with this episode. For sure. <laughs> I think we, we got to get to the wrap-ups. Let's do it. Um, so we have, are we going to do this? We have a shirt giveaway for this month and we are not a giveaway. We're doing something new Mm -hmm. and we're doing merch, uh, for patrons. If you join our Patreon, patreon.com slash nailed pod every month, we've been, uh, giving people in the past has been a giveaway, a free merch giveaway each month. Uh, It was random. We were informed that Patreon does not allow, Random giveaways or raffles. Uh, it constitutes some form of gambling. They don't want to get in trouble. They said, however, you can do contests. So we're going to have to come up with creative ways for people to do a contest each month to get some free merch. And I think I was probably too vague, and I just said, leave a comment, and the one that makes us laugh the most will get the shirt. Uh-huh. And it's the cool uh, New Wave Trent uh, design that says nailed across his eyes, and it's the Pretty Hate Machine uh blue pink color gradient very bisexual very cool the design is by our brilliant artist tyler snell thank you tyler so i'm gonna read some of these comments i've seen some of these i have not even seen yet 
I thought to make the contest more fair, one of us should not know who has submitted. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. The the post. The only one I've seen is is Rooker. Sorry, I saw Rooker's, but Rooker oh. said he was not in the contest, so that's right. fine. It's supposed to be an honor system where mm-hmm. if you've already won a merch contest, let someone else win it. But I have not read any of these other posts, so <laughs> it's kind of like on uh, the British Bake Off show, right, where they have the blind competition. We're doing a blind taste test, just uh-huh. like uh, Paul Hollywood. What's his name? Sure. This is going to be very tough. I made this too vague and too difficult on us because I'm sure they'll all be funny. All right. First of a bunch of comments. Pretty Hay Machine. (laughs) H-E-Y. My body is ready. I like that. That's all it says. Oh, it's it's to win a (laughs) t-shirt. And they say, my body is ready. I like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one says, me... Edit. I didn't read the rules. Laugh at my shame. <laughs> okay. Didn't read the rules. <laughs> supposed to be funny. That's funny. That one made well. Okay, sorry. Stop. I'll stop. I'm I'm writing down that that one mm-hmm. made you laugh a lot. Uh, apologies in advance. I took a camouflage jacket my wife bought me back to the store today. Just couldn't see myself wearing it. Okay. Jokes. They've got jokes up in this comment section. That's pretty good. Pretty it's good. good. It's a good pretty dad good. joke, right? Yeah, it's a good dad joke. Yeah. I definitely wear this while the devil fucks me in the back of his car. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what is the appropriate attire for that occasion? That's my question. What do there's got to be like a GQ article, Cosmo? What do you wear uh-huh. when with, fucking with the, the devil, devil in the back of a car? What do you wear to get fingered by the devil? What do you wear on a date with the devil? How about a blue dress? Okay. Moving on. Mm -hmm. I promise to make any kinky conquest wear that shirt after in the event I win. Picks negotiable. Uh... Picks negotiable. All right. That one's iffy. (laughs) Oscar has thoughts on that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oscar. Maybe Oscar's trying to vote for that one. Or Oscar's a sick freak, maybe. (laughs) Put down Oscar vote for this that. one. Okay. This is the Rooker one that you know and it can't win, but he wrote out the entire lyric to That's What I Get. <laughs> and then at the bottom wrote, Don't want the shirt. <laughs> I mean, that's that's good. And then uh, someone replied to that, Blake's favorite song. Okay. I already won a shirt, but still want to submit. Yogurt me closer to God. (laughs) All right. That's not in the running, but funny. Uh, Comment for the cat. Oh, you should have been there a a minute ago. Well, he's here. He's listening. Well, now the, okay. Comment for the cat. Any reaction, Oscar? No. Well, I guess I can't win. Sorry. I mean. Oscar, any thoughts? we, We always appreciate a comment for Oscar though. And he does too. Hello from Calgary. Thanks for the chance. Well, maybe they misread the instructions, but I appreciate you being a patron well, and commenting. Thank you. Thank you, Calgary. We appreciate you. Listener in Calgary. Blake and Jessica are so kind to offer us to offer us patrons slash jabronis. <laughs> Patronies? <laughs> oh my god, I have to write that down. <laughs> Combination between patron 
and jabroni is a patroni. <laughs> That's some Harry Potter shit right there. JK is so upset that she didn't think of that. Oh, my God. This should win just for Patronis. Okay, for the chance to win the sh- fine shirt. But remember, no matter how kind you are, German children. No matter how kind you are, German children are kinder. <laughs> you got to know German to get that joke, I guess. Mm. Uh, that is funny. Two two funnies and a... That's 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 in the running right there. Okay. All right next. This is my funny comment. Okay, low effort, but you know. That, hey, I appreciate that's that. That's funny. Mm-hmm. I, I get what you're going for. Mm-hmm. Nin merch that isn't being shipped from the dot com store. That means I actually have a chance at owning <laughs> one of these shirts. Yeah, we will get it there faster <laughs> and more reliably than Resner's kids ever will. Hey, just. Warning though, there might be cat hair on it. I can't guarantee. Oh, there's gonna it comes that cat hair that comes from this house is free hey, of Oscar hair. You pay extra for cat hair. <laughs> you understand? Uh, <laughs> okay, this one's <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm, I'm not biasing. Okay. Who up slamming they bamboo? <laughs> <laughs> that that one got me chuckling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How slamming they bamboo? <laughs> that one is a. Sh- <laughs> yeah this is a trent reznor shirt i believe it's a play on this is a trent reznor song mm-hmm. the popular youtube parody mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. kind of funny that's nice growing up my family would have a special dinner on saturday nights i think we got another dad joke in the works okay okay generally my mom and dad would work on cooking the meal together while our family enjoyed the lively art of conversation with only the best adult contemporary music playing in the background One time, while we were eating dinner, I asked, Dad, does Kenny G have any kids? To which my father replied, without hesitation, Yes, G minor. (laughs) (laughs) That was a long road to hoe Mm -hmm. (laughs) to get to where you're going, but it's worth a smirk. You know what, though? We had a good, like, I felt like I was at that dinner. Like, it was... I was I at felt that dinner. That. You I put felt me that. there, and I appreciate that. Great you... description. I was there, and I was right there next to you. While I think you that was experience that moment. I believe that's the last. So, do you have one in mind that you made you that you think is funniest? Uh, the didn't read instructions is funny. Um, Devil fucks me in the back of my car. Mm-hmm. I like the Patronis. Yeah. Um, Patrons, Jabonis, Patronis, no matter how kind you are, German children are kinder. Mm-hmm. And then there was one right, I think, who, after. Who up slamming they up bamboo? Who up slamming they bamboo. Yeah, it's that I one. I think it's between those for me. I think I'm going to have to agree with you. It's between those two. I don't know how to, to, to vote. Should we make Oscar do something to pick the winner? or? Who up slamming they bamboo is kind of low effort. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love it. It's low effort compared to the thought that was put into Patronis. <laughs> it's almost kind of cheating because it's two jokes. It's like the Patronis thing and then remember that German children are kinder. But it's still... Oscar, what do you That think? one probably made me laugh the most, almost accidentally because of the Patronis thing. So I'm going to vote for that one. What do you say? Let's do it. Patronis. All right. For coming up with the term Patronis and giving us a new... A new 
term that we're probably going to use going forward, honestly. Um, I think that in itself earns you the shirt. Christian. Christian C. I don't, not to not going to dox and say a full last oh, okay. name, but we have multiple Christians, so Christian C. Congrats, Christian. Congrats, you're getting a shirt. Uh, we'll be in touch. Um, thank you to everyone who commented. Some of our favorites real quick, just because I don't want this to go all night. Laura did not read the rules and just wrote me. <laughs> uh, Armand wanted to wear it while the devil fucks them in the back of their car. Mm. And then, of course, Jack said, who up slamming a bamboo. <laughs> I damn near gave it to that one, but, I, you know. I, I think that uh, that was used in a group chat at some point, so I think I knew that was Jack. And so, Okay. Yeah. Well, if it's a reused joke, then I definitely don't want it to win, <laughs> even though it is funny. Hey, reusing jokes. Um, okay. But truly, thank you. Everyone was funny. <laughs> thank you, everyone who participated. There's going to be a merch contest every month i'd love i'm open to suggestions for what kind of contests you'd like to do as long as it's simple simple enough to do every month for a uh to win some free merch can i suggest one for next month yeah so what i'm thinking is nine inch nails christmas art okay like maybe draw your version of a nine inch nails christmas sweater or maybe uh, a Nine Inch Nails Christmas ornament or maybe okay. just something goofy and, and silly. It doesn't have to be like, you know, super not everyone detailed. Can draw. Not everyone can draw. And that's why I'm like, it doesn't have to be detailed. Or Yeah. And even if, even if you're doing stick figures, mm-hmm. write something on it and, you know, just to give us an idea of what it is, whatever you got to do. Just holiday theme it, you know? Holiday. Winter holiday. Holiday Resner art. And we'll announce later in December what the piece of merch is that is the prize for the contest i can't i'm trying to stop myself from saying giveaway since apparently that's illegal on patreon anyway we'll pick the best art i guess um and best does not mean necessarily mean most technically skilled so be clever about it Mm -hmm. but yeah stay tuned to our socials and stuff we'll show you what merch we're gonna give out next month and thanks everyone for being patrons um couldn't do it without you obviously as always uh some new patron shout outs real quick because we're always getting new people so shouts out to ophelia drew burbot music okay chris r jacob uh someone named united states poison <laughs> which is uh interesting is that a legal name i i like it it's a sick punk band name i'll tell you that much <laughs> And Robin Tendo, thank you all. Thank you. And welcome. Join the Discord. It's popping off. If you want to become a patron, the Discord is becoming a very, very lively community. Thank you, as usual, to our artist, Tyler Snell, to our intern, Christopher G. Brown, and a special shout out to our friend and listener known on Instagram as Instagram's Reckoning. Oh, yeah. Um, They sent us a... March of the Pigs Trent Reznor figure that they custom made. Yeah. And if you know much about me, I've long been an action figure lover. Um, I've even made a custom or two in my day. And this is better than anything I could possibly do. He does all these custom Trent Reznor uh, figures. And last I heard, he was open for commissions. And so maybe, I hope he's okay with me saying you can hit him up if you want a... (laughs) 
custom Trent made, but I'm sure he's limited in the number of commissions he can take. So act fast. I mean, we're talking a perfect drug Trent. Afraid yeah. of Americans Trent. And I was not expecting this gift. It was it's one of the coolest gifts that came out of nowhere that I've ever gotten. I mean, the detail is great. He even has yeah. the mesh shirt properly. Mesh yeah. Over shirt over a, a black, black. t shirt. Mm-hmm. The the maroon pants, the everything, the boots, the mic stand. <laughs> uh now I just need, you know, a Robin, a Chris, um, a Danny mm-hmm. and <laughs> a James Woolley. <laughs> To stand in the background. I want old Tambo Trent at some point. Yeah. Oh, mm. in the the leather jacket. Leather jacket or leather vest, like the recent yeah. tour attire. The action figure I want, and Richard, if you're listening, <laughs> um, just, a, just a light suggestion, uh, Twin Peaks appearance, aviator sunglasses, Trent leathered up. That's, that's what I want to see in an action figure. Nice. Okay. So we're at Nailed Pod on like all the socials and there's like new social media now, Mastodon and uh, Hive. No clue if those, if those take off, you can find us at Nailed Pod on both. No clue if anything will p- become of them. Um, NailedPod.com is where you can find everything, including our Patreon link for bonus episodes and much more. And the merch store. Oh, um, the mashup album that I put out on Bandcamp. You can also find that from nailedpod.com. That's right. And if you have time, please don't forget to rate and review us on your podcast platforms. Yeah. And I think Apple Music is the only one that lets you review for some reason, but you can give ratings on it and Spotify, maybe others. Oh, by the way, thanks to everyone. The, the mashup album is free that I put out, but thanks to everyone who decided to donate money for it anyway. It is incredibly appreciated and i'm glad people like it and gave great feedback it means a lot so thanks everybody sorry this is so long anything else jess say bye yeah i'm just gonna call it a night the end all right we'll be back next with please didn't that make you feel better oh wait it's not hi i'm back correction (laughs) we're we're coming back with 10 miles high (laughs) that's how high jess is right now this is bullshit that's how high she got before we hit record 10 miles no but you know what that's what i'm gonna do before we record that episode i will eat a whole 20 empty gummy and get 10 miles how loud was that strain that trent had before (laughs) riding at 10 miles high that's what i want to know next episode all right see you everybody